48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The chief executive announces plans for the proposed northern metropolis to offer residents a better quality of life, including a country park and wetlands. Former student activist Tony Chung pleads guilty to secession and one count of money laundering. And a former health secretary says that requiring people to opt out of COVID jabs might help lift the vaccination rate among the elderly. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the government will try to ensure the proposed northern metropolis is self-contained. She said this would be a first for Hong Kong Newtown development. Mrs Lam hopes some 650,000 jobs will be created in the metropolis. She said this will reduce the time its residents spend travelling to work, improving their quality of life. When I am driven from the urban area where I live into the uh, new development to attend a meeting, to officiate at a function, I will always see the buses coming the other way, that is from the new development areas into the urban areas, and the majority of passengers on the bus are falling asleep. So you just imagine if we have more jobs in the areas where these people live, they will have an extra hour of quality sleep in home and not on a bus. The CE also revealed plans to establish a new country park to the east of the northern metropolis and to create three new wetlands occupying 2,000 hectares. She says the government will be taking a far more proactive conservation policy rather than simply drawing up plans. The northern part of Antti is full of natural resources. We have wetland, we have fish ponds, we have country parks, we have the Sunzen River. So instead of just going for intense urbanization, which was Hong Kong's approach previously, we are very serious about achieving better urban-rural integration. So for the first time, the Hong Kong ASEAN government has pledged that we will resume land. We will resume private land in order to create these integral country parks as well as wetland parks for the people of Hong Kong. Former student activist Tony Chung has pleaded guilty to secession and one count of money laundering, but pleaded not guilty to publishing seditious material and another count of money laundering. When pleading guilty to secession, the 20-year-old former convener of the now-disbanded pro-independence group Student Localism said he had nothing to be ashamed of. Mr Chung is accused of organising, planning, committing or participating in acts with other people with a view to commit secession between July 1st and October 27th last year. The prosecution also alleges that Mr Chung committed seditious acts between April the 29th and October the 27th last year. Mr Chung's money laundering charges involve about $710,000, which prosecutors allege he held in PayPal and HSBC accounts between 2018 and 2020. The hearing continues. Former Health Secretary E.K. Yeo has urged the government to consider changing its COVID-19 vaccination policy so people would have to opt out of getting the jabs instead of booking them voluntarily. Professor Yeo from the Chinese University's Faculty of Medicine made the suggestion when he was asked at a conference about boosting the vaccination rate among the elderly. And then talk to the Secretary of Service. We should look at an opt-out policy. It's sort of like a transplant. It's not an opt-in, it's not a policy. So everyone should be having a vaccine unless there's a contraindication. So that would then improve. So when you look at in America, in UK, almost every age person has been vaccinated. Not because they're different, but it's because the policies in terms of the patient were different. So I think it's really the intervention strategy that's important. 
The chief executive of the Hong Kong Council of Social Service says the government should show more flexibility in enforcing the use of the Leave Home Safe app, which became mandatory for entry to government buildings this week. Critics say it could pose a problem for the homeless and elderly. Speaking to reporters after touring an expo on technology to help the aged, Chua Hoi Wa, the chief executive, he said, said the government could roll out measures so the elderly could enter government premises without a smartphone. We hope that there could be more different kinds of measures. No matter if there could be a, another kind of uh, you know, app or another kind of you know, um, tool to the elderly people, even though they don't have smartphone or they don't know how to use these kind of applications, they can still use that kind of tool to enter government premises. Earlier, the convener of the Small and Medium Restaurant Federation, Gordon Lam, urged authorities not to punish eateries if customers are found to be using a fake Leave Home Safe app. He was commenting on an RTHK programme after roundtable legislator Michael Teen said the government plans to make it compulsory for people to use the app for all restaurants. Currently, if diners are caught providing false personal details in paper form, the restaurants can be barred from providing nighttime dine-in service for seven days. Mr Lamb said it's difficult for staff to tell if the app is genuine or not. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority has announced a new initiative on the tokenization of green bonds. This is intended to make it easier for investors to buy and sell such government bonds, as well as monitor their impact on the environment. The authority's chief executive, Eddie Yu, outlined the advantages. If it is successful, in future, when one issues retail green bond, the process can potentially be quicker, more transparent and also cheaper. And also for the bondholders, through the blockchain technology, they will be able to understand the green impact that they make by investing in those bonds in a more real-time way. The Monetary Authority also announced that it's setting up an anti-fraud data hub. China's top climate negotiator Xie Jinhua says a broad deal on carbon markets is possible at the ongoing COP26 climate talks. That goal has eluded negotiators since the Paris Accords in 2015, holding up the establishment of a global carbon market that could yield huge investments in combating climate change. Mike Weeks reports. Mr Scher says he expects countries to reach a deal in Glasgow to agree on the rules around a carbon market that fall under Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. He said joint China-US efforts had led to the Paris Accord. He said it was hard fought and shouldn't just be given up. But the US had done just that. Mrs. Sierra said the decision of former US President Donald Trump to quit the 2015 agreement had wasted five years, saying delegates now need to work harder to catch up. He also criticized Western countries for failing to make good on a promised 100 billion US dollars in climate financing by last year. The British hosts of the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow have set out an ambition to rewire the entire global financial system to achieve net zero carbon emissions by the middle of the century. Britain's Finance Minister Rishi Sunak is due to outline the plan alongside hundreds of the world's biggest banks, insurers and pension funds. The firms will promise to put more money into green energy and technologies. The former governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, who will appear alongside Mr Sunak as he outlines the initiative, said the companies could have a huge impact. Their total resources, their total balance sheets total $135 trillion. They're coming together and they're dedicating that money to support the transition to net zero and not just at some distant point, 
but immediately with five-year plans to support the decarbonization the world needs and meeting their fair share of the 30% reduction. A former police officer, the Democrat Eric Adams, has won the mayoral race in New York City following a day of closely watched local elections in the United States. He'll be only the second black person to hold that office. In the state of Virginia, the Republican candidate for governor, Governor Glenn Youngkin, is leading the Democrat Terry McAuliffe, as the BBC's David Willis reports. The votes are still being counted there, but uh, the local media is giving uh, Glenn Yonkin, the uh, Republican rival, a considerable lead at the moment over Terry McAuliffe, the uh, Democratic candidate. And um, this is significant because it's seen very much as a referendum, this Virginia gubernatorial election on Joe Biden's first year in office. Facebook has announced it's shutting down its facial recognition system and deleting the facial data of a billion users. The feature automatically identified people in photos on the social media platform. The BBC's Beth Timmins reports. Facebook's huge database of faces has become controversial because of growing privacy concerns about how it could be used by governments, law enforcement and companies. U.S. tech firms, including Amazon and Microsoft, have stopped selling facial recognition data to police. Questions have also been raised over the technology's accuracy and potential racial bias. Facebook said regulators had not yet provided a clear set of rules on how it should be used. Australian police say a four-year-old girl who went missing during a family camping trip more than two weeks ago has been found alive and well in a locked room in a house. The disappearance of Cleo Smith from the family's tent last month sparked a huge search. One man is in custody. Western Australia Deputy Police Commissioner Cole Blanche gave this update. It's my privilege to announce that in the early hours of this morning, the Western Australian Police Force rescued Cleo Smith. Cleo is alive and well. A police team broke their way into a locked house in Carnarvon at about 1am. They found little Cleo in one of those rooms. One of the officers picked her up into his arms and asked her, what's your name? She said, my name is Cleo. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,870. That's 233 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $67 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.77 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 60 cents. To sports, and we start with football. Swiss prosecutors have charged the former presidents of the European and World Football Authorities with fraud. The BBC's Imogen Folks reports. The charges against Seth Blatter and Michel Platini include fraud, criminal mismanagement and forgery. They focus on the payment in 2011 of almost $2.2 million to Michel Platini for working as an advisor to FIFA a decade earlier. FIFA's Ethics Committee had already banned both men from football over the payment. Now they face criminal charges and, if found guilty, possible prison sentences of several years. Both men deny any wrongdoing. Sepp Blatter, now 85, said today he was looking forward to the court case with optimism. Pakistan's cricketers are through to the semi-finals of the T20 World Cup. They defeated Namibia by 45 runs in Abu Dhabi to make it four wins from four games. Mohamed Rizwan was man of the match with 79 not out. South Africa boosted their chances of progressing with a six-wicket win over Bangladesh. South Africa are second in Group 1 behind England. New Zealand plays Scotland today, while India, still looking for their first win, face Afghanistan. 
Next to football's European Champions League, where Cristiano Ronaldo came to the rescue for Manchester United on a night uh, Bayern Munich and Juventus qualified for the last 16. The competition's all-time top scorer found the equaliser on the 91st minute to give United a two-all draw at Italian side Atalanta. United are second in Group F level on points with Villarreal, who defeated Young Boys 2-0. The holders, Chelsea, have taken a step closer to the last 16 after Hakim Ziyech scored in a 1-0 win at Malmo. More from the BBC's Vicky Sparks. Not a stellar performance from Chelsea, but they got the job done, eventually. The winner tapped in by Hakim Ziyech 11 minutes after the break, following a superb delivery from Callum Hudson-Odoi. But up until that point, the Swedish champions had frustrated Thomas Tuchel's side, who had plenty of possession and shots on goal, but were lacking penetrative quality and were relieved to see Antonio Cholak's acrobatic volley flash wide at nil-nil as Malmo began to dream of a shock upset. Once Chelsea took the lead, though, they they never looked like relinquishing it. It could have been more. Thiago Silva saw an effort cleared off the line. But in the end, one was enough for the defending European champions. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel was satisfied with the result. Well, we got the job done. I think that maybe now we get judged by results, but, but who, who doesn't? Uh, we wanted a result. We needed the result. We expected the result from us uh, and we delivered. In Chelsea's group, Juventus got two goals from Paolo Dybala in a 4-2 win over Zenit St. Petersburg. That puts Juventus through to the last 16 with two games to spare. Bayern Munich also qualified for the knockout stages after thumping Benfica 5-2. In the same group, Barcelona picked up a 1-0 win at Dinamo Kiev. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Three teenagers started for Barcelona and one of them was the hero. Ansu Fati's half volley on 70 minutes won the game just as the Catalan giants were getting frustrated. They had hit the post and had a very good penalty shout turned down just before that. In more good news for Barca, Usman Dembele made his comeback off the bench after five months out injured. Meanwhile, Robert Lewandowski had a memorable 100th appearance in the Champions League as Bayern Munich booked a spot in the last 16. He scored his 28th career hat and also missed a penalty for the first time ever in this competition. The Germans won 5-2 against Benfica to make it four very impressive wins from four. To the weather forecast, mainly fine this afternoon, followed by cloudy periods tonight with moderate easterly winds fresh offshore at first. The outlook rather warm with a couple of rain patches in the next few days. Winds will strengthen from the north later on Sunday. It will be cool in the morning and at night in the early and middle parts of next week. Currently at the observatory, it's 27 degrees with the relative humidity at 66%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive announces plans for its proposed northern metropolis to offer residents a better quality of life, including a country park and wetlands. A former health secretary says that requiring people to opt out of COVID jabs might help to lift the vaccination rate among the elderly. And former student activist Tony Chung pleads guilty to secession and one count of money laundering. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 3rd of November is today's date. A big thanks. Big thanks to Mr. Whelan earlier for the morning brew. On with today's program, we've got a full show, a jam-packed program for you. We start with the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, as we'll be chatting uh, with multimedia artist and storyteller Rachel Smith. Rachel is no stranger to the 123 show. She's been on previously to talk about uh, her various uh, art and, of course, Hong Kong stories. You'll know her as the producer of Hong Kong stories. Well, this time she'll